Good morning, Platt Park. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. You know that scene in a wedding where, like, the bride comes in and everybody actually, like, you look at the bride and, like, sometimes you look at the groom because his face is more interesting? I was, like, sitting up here watching Tim watch this video of Guatemala, and you were like, the groom, not the bride, but the groom. There's, like, a joy in you just, like, experiencing what happened. Thank you. If you joined us last week, you'll know that we started a new series. Charlie kicked us off in a new five-week series on contemplation, contemplative prayer, Christian contemplative prayer. And if you're in my life or in my world, and I'll let you in a little bit of my week, I thought this is like, I think this is a setup. Like I'm supposed to speak on contemplative prayer like the week after this old, like this ex-monk spoke about it. So that's not fair at all. Like, this is a big setup. In fact, I thought a little bit of, like, you know what it might feel like? It probably feels like people going to lunch with Ellen DeGeneres and Jeff Goldblum, because that's who, like, I kind of want to go to lunch with, and then showing up this week and being like, oh, we got Tobey Maguire? Like, this is too bad. Like, this is unfortunate. Because, and what I, what I think about, and Charlie did a great job of kicking us off in this series, and if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to or watch last week, I would encourage you to revisit that. He lays an incredible groundwork for what contemplative prayer is, why we should care about it, and then he led us into a little bit of his own practice around that space in his life. And there was a moment when Charlie considered himself, right? He talked about kind of these contemplative giants, like Teresa of Avila or John of the Cross, he said, that's like the Tom Brady of contemplative prayer. He said, if those are Tom Brady, I'm more like Rudy of contemplative prayer, which is a good line, right? Because Rudy didn't have a lot of playing time, but he did like practice a whole bunch. And I thought that's like a beautiful picture and insight into kind of how this practice can look. And in, the, in thinking, considering some of that, like if Charlie in this sense were Rudy, I feel more like this fan in the stands, like, look at them play. Like, some people are incredible at this game. Like, something I couldn't achieve. Because my relationship with contemplative prayer is a little bit complicated, confusing at times. See, I, like, take an opportunity to stop and pause and, like, enter into a stillness. And in this space... Like, what surfaces are these existential questions of, like, what kind of food do I have in the fridge? Like, did I pay that Verizon bill this week or get back to my mom about Thanksgiving? Like, I start to get a lot of different thoughts, and it starts to get kind of loud and noisy in my mind. And maybe you do something similarly where it th you feel like, when I slow down and I enter into a space that looks like contemplative prayer, it actually gets louder. It actually gets louder. So this week, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about what we see and what we might be able to take away from the way that Christ modeled prayer. And we want to explore what he meant by kind of like to pray without ceasing, so we can keep that in our mind, and, and really understand what, what Richard Foster is talking about when he says that contemplative prayer is not an activity we undertake, but a work that God does upon us. Like, what is he talking about by, it's not something we can go and do ourselves. But in order to talk about 
contemplative prayer, we need to talk about the police. Because I had to run in with the police a few weeks ago. And it wasn't anything like terribly serious, but I did get pulled over. And I was driving actually around 2 a.m. and I was heading over to Charlie's house to pick him up to go on a climbing trip, which is probably a sentence that like deserves explanation sometime. But I'm sitting there, at the, like I pull up to the front of Charlie's house and this car pulls up behind me with his lights, like his headlights on, and I'm thinking, oh, well, Charlie must, this is like a noble thought in my mind. I'm like, Charlie must have a neighbor who works in the restaurant or something. Like, he must just be getting off late. I must be catching him after his shift. And then there was this, like, imposing, seizure-inducing, like, light show that happened. Like, Like, caked the neighborhood in blue and red strobe. It was like Red Rocks, but like not the fun part. But like Red Rocks showing up at your like your doorstep at 2 a.m. and you're like, hey, and you like automatically became a thousand years old. And you were like, turn the music down. And that's how I felt. I was like, this is not how I was hoping to start today. <laughs> this is not how I was hoping to start today. And to make matters worse, I started to get in my mind about it. I started to like head in a certain direction in my head around how just how uncomfortable and bad this situation is going to be. In my mind, I'm thinking, this police officer is going to have that, like, like you know, that incredible mag light, and he's going to come up to me, you know, he's going to shine it in my face and ask me if I know, like, if I know why I pulled him over. And I'll be like, well, how long were you following me? Uh, (laughs) But it also feels, because when you're under that light, like, when you're under, like, the mag light, it kind of feels like, I don't have a chance. Like, I'm guilty. (laughs) Like, I don't know what I did, but I'm sure I'm guilty. And I'm spinning. I'm starting to spin in this space, and it gets darker and darker, and I'm thinking, this is a disaster. He's going to, like, find the gun in the back of my car. I don't, like, even own a gun, but I'm just, like, that's where my mind is going, is considering, like, the illogical things. He's going to find this gun. It's going to be linked to a crime. He's going to take me to the station. I'm going to get booked have to figure out how bail works, right? Call some of you. (laughs) Come bail me out. And then I was thinking, like, and then I get this really, like, soft and comforting thought. And I thought, maybe, maybe they're here for Charlie. And... (laughs) And maybe I can help him find Charlie. Like, maybe I can actually redirect him to where he is. And in, in all actuality, they were not there for Charlie. They pulled me over and they reminded me that there is a small light on your license plate that matters. And you need to get that fixed. So thank you, Littleton PD. But I do remember in this space what I was thinking while he's got, like, my information, you know, license, registration, proof of insurance, back in his car and he's, like, running my information. I'm getting, like, caught up in some of this worry and this pressure. And some of me is thinking, like, is that registration card even updated? Do I hand him the right license or that fakie from high school? Or what, like, is there a possibility that this could go worse than I would anticipate? And I actually started to pray. And maybe you have moments of this in your life as well, where you face a circumstance and you're like, you just are, like, invited into a prayer. And I remember thinking, and it, it was something like, dear Jesus... If you exist, if you're real, and I think that's like the language I was using, if you're real, you're going to get me out of this, and I promise that I'm going to, and then I like filled in the blank, and I like started to barter with him. 
started to haggle. I'm not like proud of this moment, by the way, but I started like, that's just what happened. And I'm starting to like haggle with him. Like, if you get me out of this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go with Platte Park to Guatemala next year <laughs> or something, right? It's fill in the blank. And with that, when looking back on that experience now, what I'm seeing is that I've come to a place that has kind of trivialized prayer in my life. I've come to a place that I may have lost connection or contact with the significance of what prayer is about and what prayer can do in our life. And today, what we're hoping to explore together is what we can engender from this idea of contemplative prayer and what things might be blocking us from some of that space, just hurdles that we got to figure out or complications that we need to negotiate. See, historically speaking, there was this collection of Christians in the first century who were uncomfortable with the direction that this empire was taking with their religious freedoms. So they would use prayer as this way to kind of get what they wanted so that they would personally benefit, achieve certain things, but it was self-motivated, like, advancement. And this community saw what was happening, and what they agreed to was, we want to, and they, and they did, they kind of left, and this is like the beginning of Christian monasticism, and they kind of ejected for a moment, and they just said, you know what, we want to go and prioritize prayer, and figure it out really well, and just make that singularly important. And that's what they did. And it was in this, the genesis of that kind of monastic tradition that contemplative prayer was introduced. And for some of us, when we hear those words even, just contemplative prayer, it can generate something in us. It might generate like, we might feel frightened by it. We might feel like, that's super mysterious. And not the cool kind of mystery, like, oh, he's so mysterious. But like, I don't know what that's about. Like esoteric or other emotions. And what I've come to consider when thinking about contemplative prayer is that I may be assuming something about contemplative prayer that's just not true. Like, it's reserved for a certain population of, like, religious elite, right? And as a fan in the stands looking down at this field, I'm thinking they are different. Certainly, they experience something different than I do. And what I want to explore today is how we can see contemplative prayer kind of incorporated into our life in a new way and recognize that it isn't necessarily this like deeply oriental phenomenon that brings about supernatural gifts or something. That's like John Travolta in Phenomenon. Like, that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about when we talk about Christian contemplative prayer is simply drawing near to him as he draws near to us. There's a contemplation that looks to empty yourself. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is a contemplation that seeks to fill ourselves. And what are we seeking to fill ourselves with? And I would suggest, and Charlie did an amazing job of this last week, of suggesting his definition of contemplative prayer as prayer without words. Prayer without words. And I would propose that in contemplative prayer, what we are doing is we are receiving the loving, affectional gaze of God. 
That's what we're doing. We're just receiving his lovely affection for us. And we're welcoming it. And we're accepting it. And we're taking it with us in the normal, ordinary, and everyday life. We're going to look at a passage in Luke. And if you'd like to turn with me in your pew Bible, that's page 843. I didn't write it down for service. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, third gospel. Luke's a physician. This is his gospel account. And it reads, starting in verse 1, it reads, One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And we want to stop there for a second before we keep going. Because I think what Luke is trying to do is draw our attention to something that's kind of significant. In saying, one day. It wasn't like, hey, on Jesus' birthday, he went off praying. Or on Sunday, Jesus went off praying for his best team to win. It was just one day, as if what Luke is trying to describe is, this is just a normal day in his life. It's just one day among many others that he does this type of thing. So he's kind of normalizing the situation. And so when he says,